Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to the Unplayable Podcast. My name is Louis Cameron. I'm joined by a very special guest today, Cameron Green. He's had a few technical issues joining the Zoom, but uh, he's up and about now and he's got a big smile on his face. Thanks for joining me, Cameron. Yeah, thank God that's all done. Yeah, thanks for having me, Louis. For background, for, for people who are listening, we've, we've probably been rummaging around for about 20 minutes uh, just trying to sort out some some tech issues. I was saying that your generation, Cam, should be the, the tech-savvy ones. Is that the case with you? Uh, yeah, not me in particular, <laughs> but um, yeah, normally people around my age are. And you're not one of them. Right, okay. So what you are um, pretty good at, Cameron, as, as we all saw in that first test, the, the first Ashes test was um, you're pretty good at cricket, mate. Uh, one for six and two for 23. It was um, it was a real pleasure watching you bowl. You didn't get much time at the, at the batting crease, but um, how did you uh, how did you feel you went personally um, in, a, in a really big win, mate? Yeah, um, I was just really happy I could contribute. Um, yeah, obviously missed out with the bat. Um, yeah, I don't know if it was a bit of a brain fade or um, a really good ball. So I'm still trying to work that out myself, but um yeah i think i was just happy to, to contribute um in the end for a really good win i wasn't going to bring up the golden duck but but since since we started talking about you know it did it did look like a good ball on the broadcast do you just kind of chalk that up as as uh, just one that you should have played up yeah definitely um yeah i'll do a bit of research and um, try and figure out what went wrong um yeah the ball felt really wide and i felt like i could leave it pretty easily and then i um, just heard the death rattle so um yeah, it's probably not a great way to start your Ashes career. Yeah, yeah. There's two types of leaves, but we've uh, we've definitely all been there before. Um, flying into Adelaide now. I was going to ask you, Cam. Have you played much day-night cricket? Yeah, no. I just played the one. Um, so that was a Test match last year, my debut. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only other one I played, um, I got hit in the head um, just before the Test series started. So um, Boomer hit one back at me. Oh, straight back. Gee, I'll tell you what, I reckon that has hit Cameron Green in the head. Probably not a great track record, but, um, yeah, been able to make it through a game, which has been nice. It's interesting you bring up the the one where you did get hit in the head. Again, it was probably one I didn't want to bring up, but um, it, was it anything, do you chalk it down to, to seeing the pink ball? Is that a bit of an adjustment? Yeah, definitely. Um, we got two days to get ready for this test match, um, so... Yeah, it might be a slight adjustment. Um, I think the ball gets a little bit softer um, compared to when the red, the red ball stays a bit harder for a bit longer. So, um, and obviously it's a different colour. So, um, yeah, there's a few things to get used to, um, but we've got two days to get ready for it, which is good. In terms of the adjustment, Cam, uh, from a playing point of view, I think maybe one thing that people overlook is it's probably an adjustment for your body clock. When, when you landed in, in Adelaide yesterday, um, was it immediately something that you, you tried to stay up a bit later to, to get in the groove of, of when you're going to have to play? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think when you land in, you try and stay up as late as you can um, just to 
obviously you get really tired, but you just got to try really hard to get through that initial period um, and then try hardest, obviously, in the morning to sleep as long as you can. So, um, yeah, maybe for the next couple of days, might be a few late coffees um, just to keep you up. But, uh, yeah, it is a bit of, a, bit of an adjustment. What do you uh, what do you do to stay up, mate? Is it uh, are your options a bit limited when you're in in a bit of a semi bubble? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, you normally can go out for a late dinner, um, try and stay up that way. But um, yeah, it's not much options that we can do um, other than yeah, either play your uh, PS4 or uh, or just watch videos on your computer or phone. What uh, what are the games of choice going around the the test squad at the moment? Uh, a few of the boys are obviously playing a bit of COD. Um, I've had to download that myself just then. Um, that's maybe why the Wi-Fi is not so good because it's trying to download that. Um, but, yeah, on my end, I, yeah, I like playing a bit of FIFA. So, um, yeah, that's probably how I waste my time. Right, okay. What team are you? A, do you go with Real Madrid or, or Paris Saint-Germain? Are you pretty um, – you start at the top or – yeah, yeah. No, no, I make my own team. So, right. uh, yeah, just pick and choose the best players in the world and, yeah, try and run with that. Right. That's uh, that's a good way of doing it. Um, a couple of talking points ahead of this game. Um, we all saw David Warner, you know, copped a bit of a, a blow to the ribs. Have you have you seen Dave since you've been in Adelaide, mate? And, and how's he looking? Yeah, no, I haven't seen him since. Um, but I saw him straight after the game. He looked really good. Um, looked like he's all, all ready to go. Um, I think he came here a day earlier to see his family and spend some family time um, with them. So I haven't seen him yet, but um, in a short a couple of hours time when we've got a batting meeting, um, I'll see him and yeah, it looked all good. That's good to hear. The other one, obviously Josh Hazelwood, we know won't be playing in, in this test. He he hurt his side uh, at the Gabba. Um, I guess Jai Richardson and Michael Nisa are probably the, the two guys fighting it out from that spot. I'm going to ask you about Jai because you've, you've played a fair bit of cricket with him. What have you seen from him over the last few seasons um, to suggest he, he might be um, in line for a test test game, mate? Yeah, um, yeah, he's been unreal for WA um, back at Shield level. Um, he's bowling a thousand overs for us, um, but he's been so relentless with his line and length. Um, and obviously, everyone can see the skill that he's got. So um, I think he's been going at about one and over for. 40 overs in the games that he's been playing for us um, and taking a lot of wickets as well. So, um, yeah, he kind of feels like he's a, a level above state cricket and he's, uh, yeah, really ready for test cricket again. Is he bowling faster than you've seen before or is it just kind of the relentless lines and lengths that he's bowling? Yeah, it's probably the, the level above, I mean, is with that uh, accuracy that he's got. Um, I think out and out, Richo, with pace, um, he's seriously scary, but he's probably brought that a little bit back to then be consistent and with all these skills he's got as well, he doesn't really need it. So, um, but in saying that, um, Richo dying it back is still over 140. So, um, no, he's still buying it really quick and yeah, I can't wait to see him if he plays. I imagine when the two of you have played together, I'm trying to remember if you've, you've opened the bowling, you can, you can tell me in a minute, but it'd be a really um, a different proposition for batters facing the two of you from either end. You're obviously six foot seven, six foot eight, and, and Jai's, you know, not even six foot. So you, you, you nearly got to, you're bowling the ball from about a foot higher. Have, have you kind of discussed that before in, in terms of, you know, how you, you groove together at WA? Yeah, no, not really. Um, I really should use that info. Um, <laughs> I might use that myself uh, back at WA if I go back the end of this year. Um, yeah, obviously we're completely different bowlers and um, 
he's been relentless. So they're probably trying to attack me to be fast. So um, no, it's a, I haven't really thought about that one. I probably should use that. Is it you forgetting that you're very tall or maybe forgetting that he's you know not as tall? No, no, I definitely know that he's not as tall. Um, <laughs> yeah, probably forgetting I'm that tall. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I wanted to ask you about your, you know, your bowling in that, in the Gabba test, uh, Cam, you, you obviously, it just looked like it, it really clicked for you. Everybody on six for one, one, eight. Sky ball, shouts of catch it, man comes in. What a catch that is! Hazelwood dives! Green gets his very first test wicket and the Australians are all over him. And especially around your, your maiden test wicket, there was a suggestion that you, you felt like you celebrated too hard. Can you tell the story behind that? Yeah, um, I think mainly I was just in a bit of shock. Um, it's my first ball of my spell. Um, just wanted to kind of get it down the other end and um, in a reasonable, reasonable area um, just to kind of keep the pressure up that the other four bowlers had done uh, for that day. So, um, yeah, it was kind of a bit of a shock. It just kind of went up and Josh Hayeswood ran around and he's got massive hands. So I had a pretty good uh, – well, I had a lot of confidence that he's going to catch it. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it was just, yeah, just pure joy after that, really. And you said, yeah, a bit of shock. I mean, did some of that come from, you know, bowling a lot during the last test summer and, and not getting any reward? Obviously, you know, bowling quite well at the, at the same time, but did you kind of forget what it was or did you almost not know what it was like to, to take a wicket at that level? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, you definitely date yourself a little bit when you go mm. through that little start. Um, but, yeah, it kind of felt like, the monkey off the back, is that the saying? Um, mm-hmm. When I got that first week, and um, yeah, I really felt like I could calm down and have a bit more self-confidence that um, what I was doing was good enough. Was it difficult, I suppose, going into last summer that, it, you know, it was no secret that, um, you know, they were really looking after you and making sure that you um, weren't, weren't overexerting yourself coming off the stress fractures? Was there, I guess, frustrations at times that you, you felt like you you're putting it in good areas and that you couldn't bowl more almost? No, not really. Um, I think... That's kind of where my cricket was at at the time. Um, obviously, I was getting looked after, but um, I don't think my bowling was at the stage uh, to bowl long spells consistently. So, um, yeah, kind of this year, it's, all the change has been just this confidence in my own body that I can get through um, bowling those long spells and um, have confidence that like, uh, my body will get through. So that's probably the main change. And you talked about doubting yourself, you know, just a little bit when the when the wickets were coming. What what were people in the team and um, you know the, the bowling people that you you trust? What were they saying to you? Were they saying that you that you're putting it in pretty good areas? Yeah, no, I was getting really good feedback um, and obviously a lot of encouragement. So um, kind of the one goal last year was to get through the year uninjured, mm-hmm. um, which is obviously not what you want when you're playing Test cricket. So that was the really challenging part. Um, was that obviously when you play Test cricket, you want to give a hundred percent. Um, but at the same time, in the back of my mind, I, I really wanted to get through the season fit and healthy. So, um, yeah, it was just something I had to work through. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, was there a moment at the, at the end of the season? I imagine, you know, they, they send all of you guys off for, for scans on your back and especially someone like you. Was there a moment when you when you did that and got the all clear and, and felt really good? Yeah, it was probably getting through the last Shield game um, and having no pain. Uh, it was like an unreal feeling. Um, mm. Yeah, obviously said it before, but um, yeah, been a professional cricketer for four years before that, and got a back injury every year. So um, yeah, kind of getting through that last game was um, yeah, a massive tick for um, all the staff and coaches that have um, yeah helped me through that uh, little period. 
I imagine having the test captain, Pat Cummins, who, who went through something very, very similar to, to what you've gone through. Have the two of you spoken, I guess, about, um, you know, uh, the, the mental resilience, I guess, required to, to have gotten through that? Yeah, not too much. Um, but, yeah, we have spoken about that a little bit. Um, obviously, we've gone through uh, a pretty similar path um, to where we are now. Um, obviously, I didn't – I think he was injured for seven years, so mm. um, definitely not as long as he did. But, um, yeah, I guess the resilience that when you go to training, um, you've got to have confidence in your body that you'll get through that. Um, keep dating yourself that is this the training? Is this the one that I want to start mm. feeling it? Um, so – yeah, it was something you had to work through, but um, yeah, feeling really confident at the moment. I've got to ask you about um, getting Joe Root out at the Gabba in the second innings. Um, it looked like a ball that might have just moved away from a touch. Uh, talk us through it and, and yeah, how, how big a moment was that for you? Rain continues. Oh. Edged and gone! Beautiful delivery. Alex Carey did the work and the captain goes... This is out on another test century. Yeah, uh, yeah, obviously, I remember that for a long time. Um, the crowd was so loud at the time. So um, on TV, it sounds like a really loud nick. Um, but live, I was like, that, like, that's beating the bat. But I swear I heard something. So, like, I wasn't too sure. So I went up pretty hard. Um, and then, yeah, obviously, it's a really good feeling. And you were obviously wary of, you know, not wanting to celebrate too hard after after the first innings, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I think I didn't really hold back again. So <laughs> I think I need, to rein, I need to rein that in. No, not at all. Not at all. Um, is it something, you know, you um, you often bowl with with a new ball for, for WA. Do you kind of have half on an eye on that? Um, at Tesla, I know you know maybe it, it might be um, be a few tests away or a few years away, but um, you know swinging the ball is is that really something that you you kind of like to do at test level with the new ball? Yeah, definitely. I'm sure there will come times where that happen, um, especially with the second new ball, um, depending on how the the three quicks and Nathan Line are gone. Um, but yeah, like I'm pretty happy uh, with my role at the moment. It's uh, um, very simple, um, basically just trying to. Um, keep the good work that the other the other four bowlers have been doing. Um, so there's not too much pressure. I've got to keep it really simple. Um, and yeah, potentially in the future, but um, yeah, not looking too far ahead now. Yeah, that's uh, that's very understandable. Uh, now, in the lead up to to this test, I, I saw you um you had a good chat with George Bailey uh, for for a little series at cricket.com.au is doing, and um, he mentioned something that happened in the 2013 14 Ashes where you might have actually bowled to one of the participants in, in this year's Ashes. Can you uh, can you kind of talk us through that? Yeah. Um, yeah, in the 13-14 Ashes, um, obviously Australian England playing at the WACA, um, but they were using my local ground as like their second ground, as the training ground. So, yeah, I was just lucky enough as a 13-year-old um, to get invited down just to basically help out if they needed a fielder. Um, I could be there just to pick up balls really and then, um, yeah, bowl a few balls in the next if they wanted it. So, um, yeah, I was lucky enough to bowl to Ben Stokes, which is his debut series, I'm pretty sure. Um, and, yeah, that was a pretty cool to look back on. And you thought that he was just blocking you back and really, really respecting you and you were bowling fantastic areas for a 13-year-old. But in hindsight, maybe maybe that wasn't quite the case. Yeah, definitely. Um, at the time, I was like, yeah, they're not coming out too bad and um, seems like he's smacking all the other blokes, but he's blocking me. And I was like, 
Geez, that's not bad. I'll take that. Um, but yeah, definitely in hindsight, I think he was just looking at a 13 year old kid and didn't want to break his heart. So um, that was very kind of him. What would you do if you know if you're putting that you know similar scenario now? You're the you're the Test cricketer and a 13 or 14 year old comes into your net. Um, are you are you just going to assert your dominance and, and make sure you you really let them know that um, they're not having a good day? Yeah, no, no, no. I think I'd definitely look after him. Um, yeah, I'm sure there's enough bowls around that you can try and hit around, but um, no, you probably look after a little kid. Is Ben Stokes, in all seriousness, someone that you you look up to a little bit as a as an all rounder and, and someone that you you model your game on at all, or, or is he a little bit different in, in terms of how he goes about things? Yeah, definitely, um, definitely in awe of the skill that he's got uh, with bat and ball, and um, obviously the the match winning capabilities that he's got. Um, yeah, obviously. We know how hard it is to be an all-rounder that you've got to basically try and train twice as hard because you've got two skills that you're trying to get better at. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't really say I model my game around him. Mm. Um, he's a very different type of all-rounder to me, but um, yeah, he's definitely someone I look up to. The final one I wanted to ask you about, Cam, was um, uh, one thing that I guess maybe a lot of people might not know about you and that you, you actually do have a, a British passport. Um, was it ever something that, you know, did anyone from England ever ever contact you? Was it ever a moment where you, you thought you might um, try your luck over there? Yeah, no, not, not, never really thought. Um, but it definitely helps if you want to go over for a, a county season. Um, it's definitely something that I've thought about um, in years gone by. And um, I'm sure in the future I'd, I'd like to get over there and do that. But, yeah, no, I was always going to play my cricket in Australia. So, um, yeah, it's always something good to have. I only ask because I know Steve Smith, I think he, when he was quite young, he played a season of, of um, club cricket over in Kent and I think they were pretty keen to, to get him over there and he, uh, he said he nearly went, but, um, you know, the, you know, being contracted back here and I guess you, you've been involved with WA from such a young age that you probably made that decision pretty easy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank God he stayed in Australia. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's been an incredible cricketer for us and, um, yeah. That'd be an incredible story if he he didn't um, started playing for them. So, um, yeah, thank God that was the case. And, uh, yeah, we're pretty happy with him. Wonderful. Now, just final one, I guess. You, you've got two days of training leading into the Adelaide Test. What are the things you, you're working on in the nets in the lead-in? Can you, can you kind of, I guess, paint a picture for our listeners who, who might not know how a Test cricketer goes about things? Yeah, um, I think, like, you, like we said before, it's getting used to the conditions that we'll be facing. Um, obviously getting used to the different coloured ball, um, kind of getting a better understanding of what it's going to do um, and then uh, get under lights um, in the nets as well and um, the ball plays a bit different when the, when the light's out um, compared when the light's not there. So um, that's all we're doing really. No, that uh, makes a lot of sense, mate. Um, yeah, we, uh, we look forward to seeing you in action and um, thank you very much for joining us on the Unplayable Podcast, Cam. Thanks, Steve, Luke. Thanks for having me. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.